As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. My name is Alex Croson, and I'm sitting across from good old John Casey Clapp. That's me, Alex. How are you this fine day? Casey, I'm all right. That's How are okay. you? Doing great. We had a big discussion before this. Boy, did we ever. Set some uh, set some direction for us, set some boundaries, got ourselves uh, kind of situated. I think it's important to note every time... Uh, you work together with someone. You gotta have. Uh, you gotta have meaningful conversation. Yes, I think that's important. We had what you and I would traditionally have called our coming to Jesus <laughs> meeting. Yeah, we've had like five of those. Yeah, we have one every few months. Yeah. We, we we re- <laughs> wow, I just got tongue tied. We reach a simmering point. I'll call it. Yeah. Where things aren't working perfectly, mm-hmm. and one mm-hmm. of us brings it up, and then we have a discussion. We have to figure it out, and it's it's always sucks, but it's good, you know. It is good. It makes uh, it, we we grow from it. I think each time. I think so. Mm-hmm. Also, I think it's important, just like in any relationship, to have good communication. If you sometimes <clears throat> don't have good communication, you can usually correct it at some point and say, "Hey." Let's communicate intentionally right now. Yeah, we did that today. Exactly, and I think it worked out well. I'm, I think so, too. Thanks for having that, uh, you know, at times difficult discussion with me. Well, you too. Vice versa. I really appreciate it. And this, maybe we should just tell people what it was. We're ending the podcast. Let's we, we can put that on the table. Uh, the discussion ended with um, essentially Alex punching me in the face. Well, I would have. I would call it an open hand slap. It That's might have fair. felt like a punch because I'm so strong. Yeah. So anyway, this is our last episode <laughs> oh completely arbitrary? Can you imagine me punching anybody? Yeah, you said if you hit your head on something, you Hulk out. <laughs> hey, so, you're not supposed yeah. to tell people that. Sorry, I, so no one hit Alex in the head. I have a decent <laughs> threshold for anger, but when I hit my head on something, I become instantly so angry. Yeah, it feels so unfair. Do you know what it is for me? What? Uh, when I have contacts, whenever I put in my contact uh-huh. and it hurts, I'm like, oh, something hurts. Uh, I pull it out, clean it, put it back in. And it, it, when it hurts a second time, I get enraged. That makes you feel like you're being gaslighted by your uh, by contact. By my own contact. Yeah, yeah, by your body. You were in here yesterday, the whole day. <laughs> what is happening right now? Yeah, so I feel you. Oh, I feel boy. you. Sometimes it's those little things that just set you, set you like... Into this this tailspin of destructant destruction. Yeah, if you were the band between the buried and me, you'd call it destructo spin. Destructo spin. Yeah, it's it's one of their uh, song on their album, uh, the Silent Circus. Ah, everyone, real quick, go to uh, com or between the buried and me and listen to that album. It's great. You know what I've noticed about you? Uh, what? <laughs> Whenever you want somebody to go to an app. 
uh-huh. you say www.thenameoftheapp.com. <laughs> yes, yeah, I do. Mm. I do do that. I think it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it makes sure everyone understands I'm from a different age. I'm from a different era. No, you're not, Casey. <laughs> Dang it. You're a millennial on. just like me. No, I'm... You're right. Speaking of from a different age and a different era. Oh. We're talking about a tree today. Okay. Uh, and trees are old and from a different era. That is, that's a very good mm. way to describe it, Alex. Well the, done. Thank you. The tree we're talking about today is the Pisonia. Yes, Alex. Never once have I heard of this tree. Oh, not even once. I've never heard of it. In fact, when you told me, I my brain heard Spinoza. That's right, yeah. I even Googled Spinoza. Yeah, I think it came up with Aurelia Spinoza, the devil's walking club. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this uh, is not that. This is not that. Uh, the one time I think uh, we accidentally made reference to this tree, um, I was actually making reference to the Andean uh, paper tree. Mm. Uh, and I said the wrong scientific name. And oh. uh, I made reference to it. I said, yeah, the Pisonias, they grow way at the highest elevation. They do not. As the Indian paper tree does. Right. Yes. So first clarifier, this is not the Indian paper tree. The podcast regrets the air. Thank you. Well, Casey, let's imagine as we do every episode that you and I are walking through. Hey, how about this? Remember when we talked about perfume? Uh Uh-huh. With the sandalwood? Yeah. 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 What's the name of that? That city that made the perfume. Ooh. Kanage. Kanage. Uh-huh. I did not, I would not have thought of that, to be very clear. Kanage, India. Let's say you and I are walking through Kanage, India. I think it's a very fair place. And we come across some <clears throat> Pisonia Grandis. That's right. Let's ID this tree. Alex, let's do it. Now, first off, if we were there in Kanage, India, we would probably call it Lishchai Kote. Kiera. That's the full name? That would be the full name in India. Okay. Uh, I don't know exactly which language. I know India has a lot of different languages and dialects yes. that it speaks. This is the one that I heard from a paper written by some uh, two Indian authors about this tree growing in India. Okay. So I assume that that is a fair name for most of the country. All right. Otherwise, in English, we would call it the cabbage tree. Other people call it the lettuce tree. Interesting. I see a theme. In French, Arbert Archou. Chou. C-H-O-U-X, which means cabbage. Ah. Yeah. You didn't see that one coming, did you? Is that like shoe pastry? Mm. Like shoe, a C-H-O-U-X is shoe pastry? No, shoe is chasseur. No, that's car. No, no, no. Not shoe in English, shoe in French. Oh, yeah. Chasseur, isn't it? Pate à choux. Huh. It's choux pastry. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about I think because they look like little cabbages. Oh. Take a, take a look at this. Oh, I see. So maybe it is cabbage pastry. Wow, this was so much lost in translation, Alex. I have to admit. <laughs> this is a real who's on first situation. Yeah, that really was. Like, that doesn't look like a shoe at all, Alex. That looks like a goddamn cabbage. <laughs> no, shoe. Oh, God. Okay, so we call... Uh, I'm assuming that something on the tree, and we'll get to this when we do our ID, is yeah. cabbage-like. Um, Sort of, Yes. So okay. that yeah, let's just jump in from there. Let's there do are it. many names to this tree, mm. some of which are those that we just discussed. Beelzebub. Beelzebub is the Beetlejuice tree. Uh. Pisonia grandis, otherwise known as the things that we just said, it is a tree that is a uh, native to a lot of different tropical places. Essentially, take the oceans of the world, line them 
with a green uh, a green belt. That is where this tree grows. Ah, sort of a ring of fire around the whole uh, yeah oceanic world. Exactly, but I should note it ends at the tropics uh, in either direction. Oh, okay. So it is a tropical tree. It does not take frost. And you can grow it in, I think the USDA zone is like 10 to 12. So it's like essentially doesn't get below 40 or so degrees. Okay. So this is a, it's a tropical tree. Uh, it grows on the beaches, grows in like sand dune or kind of uh, like rough exposed beaches and rocky outcrops, things like that. Quick aside, I think Kanaj might be a little too far in main, in inland. Actually, Alex, it grows all the way from Ceylon to the Himalayas. Never mind. So I think he might be good. I, as soon as you said somewhere that I think I recognize as being semi semi or tropical, yeah, I was like, yes, that's going to be okay. That's going to be okay. So it is very well known in all these tropical places. There's, I think, about twenty different species of Pisonia, named after I should note Willem Piso, who is a Dutch physician and naturalist. Willem Pisso, huh? Willem Pisso. <laughs> God, there's got to be a joke there, Casey. There is. We'll think about it, and we'll edit it in right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blank space. Yeah. Well, honestly, I mean, he's a Dutch, uh, a Dutch physician and naturalist. While most of them are uh, Pissos of shit. Um, yeah, did I do that? Did that work? Is that too forced? I... No, I think that was okay. about our, our <laughs> caliber. Well, generally, as we've covered before on other episodes, the, the Dutch uh, tended to be a little heavy-handed when it came to colonization. Huh. Who, who hasn't been? You uh, yeah, know? I don't know if... I think Gosh. heavy-handedness is uh, part of the definition. <laughs> it, is. It's, it just comes with the territory. Yeah. Um, however, it seems that Willem Piso was, was not so, uh, so heavy-handed in his approach. Huh. Um, started the, um, the idea of um, tropical medicine, essentially the study of diseases that are either only in the tropics or really concentrated in tropical areas. Interesting. So, uh, it had some good contributions to science and has now got a couple different things named after him, including the Pisonia trees. Now, the Pisonia trees, uh, if you're looking at them, let's say, uh, let's say if we weren't walking through uh, this town in India, if we were on a boat in the tropics and we come up to some random island mm-hmm. and you see it covered in green, it's like this little green oasis, that will be probably mostly... Pisonia trees. Okay. Um, and now I'm gonna I'm gonna make a, a quick change here. I'm gonna start calling this the Mapau tree, and I'm gonna focus this on the Seychelles. Mapau. Mapau. M A P O U. Mapau. Mapau. So the Mapau uh, is a tree that grows in these low atolls or tropical caves, which are essentially where you have a uh, a bunch of coral slows the water down and then sediment mm. deposits there and then builds up and builds up and then you get like one palm tree. Then that palm tree gets more palm trees. Then other things start to come there and you get this little island oasis. Is that know? how mangroves develop? Um, Kind of. Mangroves do it themselves. Mangroves would kind of settle the things and then create land or no land. They'll, they'll grow in the water. Uh-huh. This is where you get enough sand and sediment that builds up that it becomes an actual island with land-dwelling trees that do not want to be in salt water. Got it. So as they're growing, uh, the big thing that you'll notice is that they are kind of a very ununiform tree. They grow out and they kind of have branches that come up and then just kind of have weird angles that they mm. grow out. They're not like a really nice, beautiful, kind of nice formed tree. I love that. 
they do look really weird. Yeah, you can look up any any photos you want. Uh, there's a couple of resources we have here that you can look at at our website, and you'll notice that it just it kind of looks very irregular. And the bark is very smooth, stays smooth and uh, glabrous its entire life, doesn't have any hair, doesn't really get any amount of big, thick furrows or anything like that. Not even quite utility bark. It's more just like a covering of mm. bark. It's like, hey, I need bark. Here's my bark. I've, I've paid my due. Wow. Lowest subscription level bark. Not even utility bark. I wouldn't even say it, yeah, because if you probably light it on fire, it's going to burn up really quickly. If you like damage it, it's going to be damaged really quickly. I don't think it does much other than bo- just make it happen. Okay. So there's no utility to this bark. Yeah. I what think is below utility bark? That I'm going to say like like uh, it's your freemium bark. Oh, you know the bark you're born with. Yeah, it's like you just you just get bark. This is mm. your bark. You haven't done anything with it. You focus everything else on other aspects of your life. I see. That's that's what I would say. Wow, that's that's tragic. Is that yeah? Is that a little? Is that a little like? Uh, does it put it in a box? I hope it doesn't. I think so, probably. But that's okay. Shoot. Do you right, know what well. show you're on? So you got an idea what this force looks like, right? Yeah, big leafy green. Exactly. Now let's zoom in a little bit. Cabbage patch, we should call it. It is. Yeah. It, hey, yes, that is the stand of these trees. They're cabbage patches. So um, you, let's zoom in. You get off your boat. You walk underneath these trees. They're going to be about 45, 65 feet tall, like up to 21 meters. Oh, wow. So they get pretty good size, That's right? bigger than I would thought. have thought. Me too. Apparently, there are some specimens they found. I would bet not in these tropical, like, low islands, mm-hmm. uh, but more like inland, like what you're talking about, up to 100 feet, 100 feet tall. Wow. 30 meter- meters for you wherever these trees grow. Interesting. Yeah. So- up to 5,000 feet in elevation, which is what I, I thought was interesting when they said, yeah, it grows all the way to the Himalayas. I would assume it also grows uh, in places that are tropical but not too cool up to 5,000 feet. Yeah. Which is pretty high. That's a that's a really high mountain mm-hmm. anywhere you go. So very impressive. Not, not quite, but nearly a mile high. Interesting. So you got a tree that can grow just about anywhere as long as it's tropical, but it notably loves these islands. And it grows up, it has leaves that are uh, sometimes opposite, sometimes uh, kind of spun and, and rotated around. Mm. So they look like, um, have you ever seen a, um, what is that, the red flower things during Christmas time? Poinsettia? Poinsettia. You know how it, at the end, the poinsettia kind of have his, has a big bunch of leaves with the flower on top? Yeah. Ironically, the flowers that we see, the red, are leaves. They're bracts. They're oh, other right. things. But they're all kind of bunched there at the end. So this is kind of what this tree does. Like it has some leaves that are opposite. Then at the very end, they just have these big poofs of, of branches, kind of or leaves right at the end of the branch. Interesting. That's sort of like a palm technique. Yeah, it kind of is, but it still has some lower down, so mm-hmm. it's not quite so abrupt. Uh, no leaf, no leaf, leaf, you know? Okay, but it's definitely it, got a bunch at the end. Yeah, exactly. They're just kind of tighter spaced at the end there. They look like very uh, normal leaves. They do, yeah, totally. They're, they're very uncharacteristic. Right? They they got nothing to them. They're, they're simple. They are entire. They got no serrations along the edge. They get a little bit kind of wider obtuse at the base, and I'm told that they are a little bit off. So like it basically mm. they have like big fat bases and one side is not quite as big as the other side. So they're not quite exactly symmetrical. I love big fat bases. There you go. Boom 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 boom. I know you do, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hold on. I'm talking. I'm talking bass and music. All right. I see Casey's, what you're Casey's I see doing a little thing where he oh, thinks I'm saying, talking about butts. No, I'm not. No, 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 no. <laughs> so the, you also notice they're very green butts. leaves. They're like a lime green. Yeah, they're pretty green. Yeah. Sometimes they would call this uh, uh, the lime tree or the bird lime. They would call it bird lime. And here's where we come into the cabbage part. They're edible. All these leaves. Ah. Exactly. You know, when I, we first said cabbage tree, I thought maybe they would have grown some sort of like um, stock, like oh, some sort of uh, uh-huh. panicle or something. Yeah. With like little cabbage looking things that you could eat. I you know? see. Yeah. But they're just edible leaves that are green. Just edible leaves. So That's we're calling right. them cabbage tree. Exactly. Yeah. All right. I've read they, uh, they are cooked and eaten a lot like we would eat spinach. Okay. So you can either eat it raw or you can cook it down a little bit. They're kind of kind of thicker, a little bit succulent kind of leaves. Blended up in a smoothie. Yeah, very likely. So, and my guess is that they kind of taste like the lime tree leaves, like they're a little bit citrusy maybe, mm. but I'm not sure. That's my guess. I've never actually tasted it. Yeah, me neither. But they do, uh, Alex, you did note that they might grow up in little panicles. Uh, these flowers of these trees do exactly that. Mm. They grow up and they have, uh, well, I should note they're dioecious, so they have pistillate and staminate um, flowers, which we generally have called male and female trees. Okay. And they will produce these little tiny gray, kind of like paleish green flowers that are kind of trumpet shaped. And to me, they look really similar to trumpet ends where they kind of come out and kind of twist around. Mm-hmm. So they look like they are, you know, throwing something out. Blasting. There. Yeah, exactly. So these guys have a uh, couple the- little stamens in there. The official tree of ska music, huh, Case? <laughs> oh, man, yeah, because, I mean, it's the way they dance is what it is. It's the way they move in the wind. I guess they may like the official uh, uh, trumpet tree better. Hey, but. they got, they got you know, funky bumping basses. They got <laughs> yes. trumpets growing out of the end. I'm saying. Yeah, and you know what? They will stick with you no matter where you go. Does it also have, like, a really thin-sounding drum kit that's playing <laughs> too fast? Yeah, yeah, if you hit the bark, it probably sounds pretty drum, yeah. or pretty, uh, pretty thin. But, Interesting. Huh, there you go. Yeah, this is a Scott tree. <laughs> you. <laughs> well, yeah, so they do this. Uh, the flowers, they kind of smell a little sweet. Uh, almost, um, I would say, sickly sweet. Mm. Uh, I've been told. You smell, you're like, ooh, that's really, it's really nice. But then if you get too much of it, you'll be like, okay, I've had enough. Yeah. I, I've, I've heard that. It's just kind of like little bits here and there. But the, the flowers... Alex, are not the thing that this tree is known for. Well, it's not known Side for the bark. Effect. Not known for the bark. Not known for the flowers. Not known for the leaves. It is known for the leaves, though, actually. Okay, okay. Yeah. I guess it's named after the leaves. But yes. Well, it's also, uh, like, it's used and grown for that. Like, it's a big, it's a big time thing. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So that, I would say, is probably what it's most known for okay. by most people in the world. Okay. Is not anything but the leaves, but it is sensational for something else, Alex. <gasps> a tease. Which is the fruit. Oh. Oh, we'll tease it a little bit, but the fruit. <laughs> that was an immediate payoff. Yeah, exactly. Hey, we welcome everyone. This is what you signed up for. Um, the fruit is is very interesting. I think everything about this tree right now makes it come off as a model citizen mm-hmm. where it gives you, uh, it grows in kind of rough places and it has this uh, this nice smelling flower. It has the leaves that people love to eat. They are very rich in calcium. Yeah. But they make these fruits. So you get all these good things, and all of a sudden, you realize after you've dedicated yourself to an entire island, 
that there's a dark side to these lovely trees. The fruit, the seeds, are these little tiny things. They're about maybe the size of the knuckle of your la- uh, the last knuckle on your your finger. Yeah, and they are kind of these hooked, barbed fruit that produces this mucus-like substance. So if you if you ever take a um, wow. If you ever put your finger on the inside of duct tape, you kind of like let that duct tape sit in the sun for a long time. Yeah. You kind of pull your finger off and it kind of has that, like you can see the stickiness yeah. kind of come off. I'm also thinking of like the inside of an aloe leaf. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where there's just this weird kind of like glue-like thing. Yeah. They produce this, every single one of the seeds. Ugh. And so you, you first you have these little barbs, these little hooks. They don't actually get into your skin. Mm -hmm. They just will like hook onto something if they get the chance like Velcro. And then they have this stickiness where you just lift your finger off of it and it'll be like they are actually like sticking to you and you can like see the little tendrils of glue pulling away. It looks a little bit disgusting. It's pretty barbarous. Oh, nice. Oh, that wasn't even a, (laughs) I wasn't trying to be clever. Well, Alex, they are so sticky that they will stick to a uh, a bird's uh, feathers right. like nobody's business. Yeah. And they will be produced between something like 12 and 200 per infrutescence, which is just the 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 fruit, uh, you know, the big... An, an inflorescence is all the flowers. Like, you know, you hold up the, the whole panicle of flowers. Uh-huh. That is an inflorescence, okay, all so, of them together. So one group of, of uh, fruit at the end of the ball or whatever. Yeah, that is a infrutescence. Infrutescence. So the infrutescence almost up to 200. And when you combine all of that, they're sticky enough to catch insects, which is just a you know sad thing for the insect. It accidentally gets stuck like flypaper to the yeah. sides of these things. But it also will attach to birds and it will stick on them like a temporary tattoo. They cannot get rid of it because they don't have like opposable thumbs to like sure. reach back and get it. They can maybe pull a few off, but if they can't twist all the way around and like get them way on the tail feathers or something, then it they can't pull those things off. So it is a temporary tattoo, but Alex, I pose this question to you. Mm. What happens when your temporary tattoo becomes permanent and also makes you permanently dead? <laughs> We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking the Pisonia. I almost said Spinoza again, Casey. I can't Ooh, get it out of my head. It's okay. You got trees on the mind. So right before the break, we learned that the fruit of the Pisonia yes. is a little barbed. You know, we talked about the sweet gum last week, and I compared yeah. it to the end of a morning star, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. a flail, you know? Yeah. 
there is a medieval weapon that looks just like these fruits, and I'll I'll make another post. Please, it's like a long spiked mace. Oh yeah, I think I almost you mean. like it looks like it looks like a big baseball bat. Sort yeah, of. like nails sticking out mm-hmm. of it or something. Yeah, yeah this is kind of the same. Uh huh. And well, look, this one photo looks identical. So we learn that these things stick to birds and make them permanently dead. Yes. Well, I mean, we learned that maybe they could. Oh, I guess this is how teasers work. <laughs> yeah, it's a tease, of course. You know, I, I I recently have been watching a lot of 90 Day Fiance, Casey. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's sort of my non-guilty pleasure. It's just Very a pleasure. Fair. It's just a pleasure. <laughs> I have no guilt about it. It's a great show. <laughs> but they will they will tease something that is so fabricated, that is like completely made in the editing, and you go, it's not going to happen that way. Yeah. And then that scene comes around that they teased, and it's like completely different than how they teased it. What? And they just, I guess they just expect that people won't care or will forget about it. If it's too like not sensational. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, us too. Or, or like right? by the time it comes around, they will have forgotten about the teaser. Oh, I see. And they see. won't know that they've been fooled into f- yeah. feeling uh, feeling excited. Mine's like goldfish. They just immediately forget everything yeah. that just happened. Yeah. That sucks. That's us. Not Alex Croson, though. Reality TV viewers. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> Don't put us in a box, okay? <laughs> so, Casey, this thing may not make birds permanently dead. It may not. It may not. But it also may. That's true. So let's let's back up. Let's back up for just one second. Okay. This tree, if you look up uh, the Pisonia grandis, and like I said, there's 20 different species. Not all of them make fruit that is quite as intense as this one. Mm. And this one specifically has another name, Alex. The, can I guess? Yes. Okay, one moment. Hmm. He thinks. I'm going to call it, I'm going to call it, uh, huh. The uh, who killed Robin in, the, oh, in Batman? Yes. I was going to be like the the Joker, you know. I see it's the Joker, the tree. bird killer. I didn't know that Robin ever died in Batman. I think if uh, all those guys die at some point and come oh, back, oh yeah, hey, good for them. That's pretty good. They, they've been going for a hundred years. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's fair. Uh, what is the other name, Casey? The other name is the bird catcher tree. The bird catcher. Yes, that's way better. Which I uh, I totally agree. I think it's like such a sweet name. Yeah. So that is what we're gonna uh, call it. But there's also another name they call it the uh, the devil's stick or the devil's something like that. The Hold devil's on. walking stick. Yeah. Let me find. Uh oh. Spinoza. The Spinoza. It's funny because it's the same letters that make up both yeah, words. It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. rearranged. Um, they call it the the devil's uh, the devil's something. I'll find it and then we'll we'll I'll, we'll change the name for a fourth time. Okay, but wow. suffice it to say, now we're talking about the bird catcher. The bird catcher, specifically the Pisonia grandis. Now, um, let's back up real fast, Alex, and I want you to imagine with me okay. that we are headed out to sea. Hmm. I get seasick. Okay, you're not getting seasick now because the second bit of this is that uh-huh. you are a bird. This is like D&D where I describe what I'm doing. Uh, yeah. Okay, I think- we go out to sea. I get seasick. Okay, let me roll. <laughs> okay, everyone gets seasick. Yes, you get okay. seasick. <laughs> uh, you're a bird, so you're above the sea. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, you're flying, and I'll give you a couple options. Uh, you're a brown naughty. You're a mm. black naughty. <laughs> yes, please. You're a white turn. Yes, I am. A tropical shearwater. A wedge-tailed uh-huh. shearwater, a white-capped naughty, another naughty, uh, a white-tailed tropic bird, or a Seychelle warbler. Huh? 
Which of those? Take any of your choices. Preferably not the warbler because they, they're land bird. We're talking about seabirds today. I'd like to be a brown knotty, please. You're a brown knotty today, Alex, <laughs> aren't you? A brown knotty with cream? <laughs> a brown knotty with cream. <laughs> oh, well, I think that would just be a, uh, a, uh, a white-capped knotty. You came to this island to nest, mm. to mate, and then raise your youngins and kind of fly off and go do your next bird thing. Damn straight. Your seabird. This is what you do. All right. You go to these islands. There's trees everywhere, and you say, man, I want to go make a nest. You go, you find this really cool tree. Wow, this crown is really irregular, mm. your bird brain says. I love irregular crowns because they're very easy to make nests Yes, in. lots of vertices. Exactly, and like things are going in weird angles. They're kind of flat. You have the perfect place to make a bird nest. Therefore, this is a tree that birds preferably go to. They fill the nests, mm. all these different birds, and probably a few more that I haven't found. Uh, those birds nest in these trees. Now, this is a wonderful spot. There are no cats on this island, probably. Usually there's no rats. Sometimes there is. It eat your eggs and things like that. Mm. So you're doing pretty good. You really like it. Um, these trees um, are the best for what you're doing. It just so happens uh. that these trees will be blooming when you arrive. Mm. Now, of course, the first thing you wonder to yourself is, wow, what a coincidence. This tree's blooming right when this arrives. You think, well, okay, this isn't that big of a deal. Uh, and this is for the idea of zookery. Are you familiar with the term? Zookery. Yes, Z-O-O-C-H-O-R-Y. C-H-O-R-Y. Yeah. Well, it's got to be do something with animals. Correct. That's the zoo part. Yeah. Cory sounds like... Um, Rookery, like uh, I see where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this I don't is, think it is. Yeah, but. you're not quite there. I didn't know this term either. Actually, I've come across it lots in our show, um, but this is our first time we'll really like get into it. Okay, it's very easy to get into. We can go right back out of it. Zookery is the dispersal of a plant's seeds by animals. Oh, great! Really easy, right? Okay. So, um, you. Uh, are the tree, you, of course, want to bloom and create your seeds at the same time that these birds are coming and then leaving so that they can take your seeds somewhere else. Okay. Easy as that. Makes a lot of sense. Um, over thousands and thousands of years, you have timed your uh, your bloom to correspond when these different birds are coming and going because they don't all nest in the same place at the same time. Mm. Sometimes there are kind of waves and these trees in their normal habitat would bloom probably about three times a year have like these big blooming kind of like goes at it and make these all these little seeds the thing is this is not zookery in the way that normally you'd say oh here's a berry filled with seeds the bird comes over eats the berry poops it out and now you have dispersed the seed everybody's happy right mm -hmm. this is zookery that is a little bit more the birds are not quite on board with it. There's no autonomy involved in this. Yes, exactly. Um, we remember now that we have these sticky, mucus-covered, hooked fruit, right? Shut up. Yum, yum, yum. <laughs> it's terrible. I almost like smacked my lips and I said, nobody wants that, Casey. Don't do it. Stop now. Well, these seeds, these mm -hmm. fruits, are sticky enough to stick to the feathers of these seabirds, which are latched together and they're very tight and they're waterproof. So these are really, really sticky seeds. Sure. And they will attach to all these different feathers that we were talking about. And the only way you can really get them off is if you kind of 
dip yourself in water a few times and in the salt water of the ocean, and then you fly somewhere else and you kind of preen and you kind of clean uh, clean all of your all your feathers. Okay. Then they kind of come off. The salt water helps get rid of this stickiness factor, but it is uh, so sticky when it first comes and falls off the tree mm-hmm. when they mature that if you're a bird and you fly down uh, to get onto the ground to maybe look for a nest material or you're looking for food or you're a small little fledgling bird that maybe didn't quite get up and out and kind of hit the ground and now you have to kind of like work your way back up you'll get covered in these seeds Mm. recall alex i'm sorry to make you you know should be frown right now. i have a bit of a visual analogy Ooh, okay have you seen the incredibles um one of them yeah pixar's the incredibles Uh uh-huh and the first one Mm -hmm. mr incredible (laughs) breaks into i feel like i'm a kid describing a dream i had to my parents <laughs> mr incredible breaks into the uh the bad guy's lair uh-huh. and on the way out these guns activate on the wall and they shoot these big like black balls okay and they hit you and they stick to you and then they grow and so he's like uh, you know and they're like really oh, heavy and he's yeah getting covered in this black stuff because it's like growing and he's getting hit by more yes this is what i imagine eventually he just like has to fall down yes this is so sad casey alex you have you uh you described it perfectly <sighs> oh i'm sorry it's so sad i that's so sad the the forest um because these trees are so successful i heard to say the forest regrets the air the forest regrets the air <laughs> honestly this might be this this might be a case of that we're going to find mm. out we're going to find out in act 3 here so these are successful these are successful these trees are wildly successful yeah. they're everywhere across the entire world there are birds that are everywhere across the entire world that actively choose to nest in forests of these trees hey. They are so successful that they will usually dominate a given island so that then when they release their seeds, the forest floor is covered in them and they retain their stickiness. And then when these little fledgling birds come out, they land in that. Or if they're a bird that's small and like looking around on the ground for nest material, Mm -hmm. they will get covered in these seeds to the point where they cannot even fly. Especially if you're already learning to fly. Gosh, that sucks. You, uh... You kind of you kind of hindered right off the bat. Jeez, man. Yeah, and uh, you know they're temporary. Temporary tattoo makes you dead permanently. Right. So yeah. if you're full circle, Alex. <laughs> yeah, repeating a joke twice is full <laughs> circle. So if you if you can't if you if you get so many on you that you can't fly, yeah, then you just like are fucked. Yeah. But if a, you get a few on you and then you can manage to get them off, mm-hmm. that's great. Exactly. Man. Yeah, pretty rough, right? Wow. So, Alex, what is the first thing that comes to your brain when you think about this? The tree wants the seeds to be dispersed. Mm -hmm. There is some evolutionary pressure that has pushed these seeds and these trees to make these seeds that are so sticky. Yeah. Why do they kill their birds? Well, they don't mean to. They don't mean to. Alex, gosh, you're perfect. That's They're a gentle giant that the hugs the puppy a little too hard. <laughs> That's exactly. This is a gentle giant that hugs. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look at how I love my little bird. <laughs> Squeezes it. Mm. I think of Lenny from uh, Of Mice and Men. Yes. Poor guy. Lenny. Well, this is exactly right. And man, there are so many sensational articles that I found on this tree. Mm-hmm. I had to navigate through. We've linked to one. It's not too sensational, but it's just... Oh, sensational as, okay, yeah. Yes, I, I thought you were saying sensational as in a, a synonym for great. 
oh no sorry these uh, are sensational uh, is in like blown a little bit out of proportion you know the tree that kills birds right. you know is this tree a killer you know all these things that are just like oh my gosh like save it this you tree get those clicks yeah exactly <clears throat> so i get it it's totally fine i clicked on it because i'm like tell me the story here <laughs> read through this and then luckily you can like find other resources yeah and i found this guy um his name is alan berger from the university of victoria bc nice wonderful wonderful writer wrote a very concise article alex what are you looking pictures up i gasped at one of these pictures (laughs) it's so awful of a fairy turn yeah uh which is a type of bird and it is i mean it looks like it got hit by a porcupine yeah it's, it's wow, awful. and they look. They get the mucus kind of covering them, so they look a little bit like mangy as well. Mm. Yeah, it's really rough. So the the question that people asked, they basically said this tree is killing, uh, in some cases, twenty five percent of the fledgling birds that would be nesting in those trees. So the question is, why would a tree actively kill or cause the death of the things that would be dispersing its seeds? I think the real question is why do these birds keep coming into this tree? Why do they do it? I'm not victim blaming here, but holy shit. Yeah, but it's like, get out of that situation, girl. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. There's a, it's a really good question. Uh, my answer to that is that, A, they dominate all these uh, uh, all these islands, so they're the only option. They also have these really great crowns. Like, they're the, the place for the nests to be built, top-notch mm. real estate. It's too good to be true, man. It's too good to be true, and it turns out it isn't. So here's here's the wow. here's the big finale. Here is why does this happen? the The first thing someone said, well, it increases the nutrient benefits for the tree. So let's say normally a animal would eat a seed, mm-hmm. it would poop it out. You get this little bit of fertilizer. The seed grows, super good. Everyone's stoked, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, the seed is attached to the bird ends up causing the bird to be dead. Therefore, now that fertilizer is just this dead body of the bird. So then the, someone's like, well, I think that's the reason. Alex, it's okay? It's a pretty high-stakes growth mechanic, Casey. High, that is, that's the best possible way to describe it. Jeez. High-stakes growth mechanic. Well, good news is nature's not quite that extreme, mm. at least in this case. Uh, that is not the reason. Uh, generally speaking, if a bird does die, let's say it does get out to the water, then it will float back. But as it's floating back, if you are, if the seeds are in water for more than like five days, Mm -hmm. they don't grow, they get destroyed. So that doesn't make any sense. It can't be that they would wash back up when they do wash back up onto the shore. A, they are like just not in a place where the tree wants to grow. They want to be further up where there's more soil, not right on the tide line. Mm. Second, the next ghostly part of this, they're eaten by crabs. Oh, my God. These things can't keep catching Keeps break. getting worse. I know. And, hey, to add some, to some spookiness, uh-huh. they're ghost crabs. Of course they are. They come out of the ground, <laughs> they grab the birds, and they pull them underground. Oh, my God. Intermetal guitar right here. Wow. Alex. It's like the hand coming out of the grave. <laughs> yeah. Drag it down with it. Pulling it in. Jeez, man. Yeah. So it's like, okay, all right, this is a little too macabre for me. What is the next wow. option? The next option is if that bird just falls dead right on the ground and doesn't go into the ocean, does this uh, make it a better spot right there? 
Turns out, no. If you have seeds on dead birds versus seeds just planted in the ground, mm. there's no significant difference, like almost no difference at all. I think the research that Alan did, there was like 6,000 seeds and 1% survived like randomly over both treatments. Wow. So it's like, okay, so killing the bird appears to not in any way help this tree. Yeah. So why does it kill birds? You, I think, hit the nail on the head with this side effect thing. The one thing that they did find is that if a bird is strong enough or is able enough to actually get out to the ocean, not die. Mm -hmm. Get up again, fly a little bit further, not die. Get to the next island and then find itself in a nice little tree and then preen itself the things come off easy. Oh, sure. That's, they come off really easy. I mean, what percentage of, of birds is that happening to? Apparently like 75%. So oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> I think I, the, the oh, numbers wow. I found, it was like between 10 and 25% of okay. the, the fledgling class of birds yeah. will perish because of too many of these seeds on top of them. So the other 75% makes it happen. When they make it happen, they preen themselves, the seeds fall, boom. You get more trees growing underneath, say, this palm tree that these uh, these birds are in. It's, par- it's probably better than uh, the natural mortality rate for wild animals. It might be, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so all of a sudden you realize, wow, hold on. So this tree, it does not need uh, the birds to get it over and across it, the island that it's on. In fact, they actually usually grow by having uh, like a broken branch fall and then it sprouts from like oh, uh, wow. from sprouts roots and things. So the tree is like, okay, okay. How can I get, says the tree, from this island to that Mm. island in order to make a seed that can be taken on the back of a bird like a temporary tattoo that doesn't get washed off too soon, but also is... uh, will be viable the longest way, and then when it gets there, be able to come off easy. You have to be this sticky, which is, for those of you who can't see, I'm making a, uh, a level which is indicating a high amount of stickiness. Yeah. So the very, very stickiness of the seed, you dip yourself in the ocean one time, two times, three times, something like that, get over to the next island, you can get it off really easily. Mm. And then it will grow. Hasn't been underwater for so long, has gone where it needs to go, the bird is fine, seed distributed and dispersed. Wow. Congratulations. So in this case... It is just, it's not an overcorrection. It's just a correction that's shooting for something very distant that it's hard to see right where you're at because there's so many dead birds. Sure. Sorry, everyone. It's got a bit of a, it's got a bit of a long game going. It does. Yeah. yeah quite yeah. literally. Hmm. Well, Casey, ugh, on that note, <laughs> let's do our review of this killer tree. That's what I'm talking about. JK, JK. The Pisonia. We're going to give some final thoughts and give it a rating of 0 to 10. Golden, sticky cones of honor. That's right. Casey, as a resident expert, All right. let's begin with you. Alex, first off, I just want to note, I'm excited to hear what you have to say about this wow, tree. Wow, okay. Uh, you always note uh, you like a tree that fights back. That's true. This tree actually kind of takes it on a, on a more less of a defense, more of an offensive mm-hmm. move, which I think is pretty rad. So anyway, I just want to say I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Um, for me, I I love this tree not necessarily because of the the actually I guess my because of the tree itself, mostly because when you are looking at a tree and you see something, 
it's killing all these birds. Like your first instincts, uh, apparently you're just like, what is it? Like something must be horribly wrong. Mm. And you like just, you know, like Alan specifically like kind of dove into it, asked these questions, tested each one, and then said, there is a perfectly reasonable uh, explanation for what we're seeing. Yeah. I love that. Where essentially this tree is surrounded by coppers. They finally realize, here's the killer. We caught them. They're up against the wall. We have our flashlights on them. Don't move. And the tree's like, I swear to God, it wasn't me. Or like, I didn't do this on purpose. Or like, whatever. Yeah. I feel like this tree's a little bit of a victim of these sensationalist kinds of things. For sure. These people in India are like, well, whoa, it's not a victim. This is We know what this tree does. It's delicious. We eat the leaves all the time. Mm-hmm. So it has this like two sides where from one side, if you're a bird lover, you're just like, this tree is a perpetrator. <clears throat> from this other side, you're like, well, the leaves are pretty nutritious and delicious. Right. So... For me, the Pisonia, I think, just has this weird, like, anti-hero kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, we love it, but it also it, it is a serial bird killer. It has to be worth something. I'm going to go with a, a solid a solid 7.8 nice. for the Pisonia Grandis. Yeah. Our bird catcher, Devil's Claw, I think is the term that we <laughs> Devil's we Claw! Yeah, the Devil's Claw. Shit. I know, Alex, what term are you going to use? I've given you like 16 different names for this tree, and they've changed as we've gone through the whole yeah. episode. Wow. I don't know. It's a real I'll, AKA tree. Yeah, we get to leave that up to you. 7.8 golden sticky cones of honor. I think so. Yeah, you can't get them off uh, unless you dip yourself in the ocean a few times. Mm. Uh, that'll take care of it. Pisonia. I again want, I, I pause every time I say <laughs> it because I'm thinking Pisonosa. Sp- I'm going to give my score first and then give the th- reasons why I like it. Okay. 8.0. 8.0. 8.0. Okay. All right. I love a tree that fights back. This is this is like a tree that fights back that doesn't even really necessarily, I feel like doesn't really necessarily know it's fighting back. Oh. You know? It doesn't strike me as a um vindictive type or like I, a, I see. I don't think it's coming after anybody. It's just yeah. trying to it's just trying to reproduce, man. I think your 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 description of it like like petting the thing too hard yeah. and killing it is a I think that's a good a good description where the tree's more just like showering with you with in gifts and you end up drowning in the amount of gifts. Yeah. Literally. Mm. The birds poor little fuckers. Don't look up any pictures of them. They're way too cute. It's really morbid. I I mean <laughs> I'm looking at one right now that's like making my heart hurt. Yeah, um, it must be. Uh, is that the uh, uh, the wedge-tailed shearwater? Potentially, it's a little black bird. No, uh, that's uh, black naughty. Yeah, it's pretty depressing, man. I, I mean, nature is nature. It is what it is. But like, it's still fucking brutal. Yeah. Um, I. Yeah, this it's it's a it's a good tree. I don't actually don't know what else to say. It's all been said. <laughs> I like it. You almost seem like you regret where you're like, yeah, yeah, it's a it's a good tree. It's a fine tree. <laughs> Stop asking me about this tree. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with it. I think I made my thoughts clear, kind of dispersed throughout. I dispersed yeah. my own seeds. I think that is very fair. My, my opinion seeds through mm-hmm. through this episode. Uh, you're covered in them. Yeah, they're and I can't get them off. No, they're very sticky. I'm quite itchy. I'm just gonna sleep with them for the next couple of days. Hopefully, they go away. They will not. Yeah, until I get to the next island, then I'll I'll make sure to get them off. You come over next time, and you're dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, that eight and 7.8. This is our first installment of some spooky trees. That's right. Now, this tree isn't spooky in a strict way, but 
They do say that if you walk over there after all the birds that can leave, leave, you're left with trees with like these dead carcasses hanging in it all over the ground, which makes it a kind of island you want to go to around this time of year. Wow. Flashlights, you know. Terrible. Yeah. And there are ghosts involved. Oh, there are certainly ghosts. Yeah, yeah. Ghost crabs. Yeah, ghost crabs. They're everywhere. Yeah. What just grabbed my foot? (laughs) That was our review of the... Fuck, I almost did it again, Casey. (laughs) The Pisonia. It's time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. We go to the Patreon. Casey, why don't you give people a little breakdown of what's going on with the Q&A? All right, everyone, we have recently rolled out a brand new uh, Patreon tier. It's for $3. It is the Quercus and Alder section, and that is where we're going to mainly get um, our questions to ask and answer on the podcast. Now, we also have a bunch of other cool things on our Patreon. We just revamped it, so we're making sure everybody knows. Uh, We also have a newsletter that we're putting out that has all this information. So if you want, sign up at arbitrarypod.com slash about. Scroll to the very bottom. There you can sign up for the newsletter, get all the info. Otherwise, patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. You can also sign up for the Arboretum, get new episodes uh, every couple of weeks uh, that are not available anywhere else. You can get in the Cone of the Month Club. You can get new cones, one new cone every month. Also now access to all of our back conalog, which is very exciting. Wow. You're welcome. Was that off the dome? That was right off the dome. That just came. Shit, man. You can also sign up at a $15 level, which is our, our newest, most exciting one. It's Arbitrary Plus, the streaming service you've all wanted, where we will provide more opportunities to interact with both Alex and I. We'll sit down. We'll either tell you about some things. We'll do some questions and answers. We'll have an education session and go back and forth. It's going to be really fun. We'll do one of those a month, and Alex will stream a video game, nature, tree-themed of some sort, also mm-hmm. once a month, and we'll let everyone know how that happens. Um, and we'll keep on saying, this is what we're doing this month. Sign up now. It's going to be a lot of fun. The last level is our generous admission, which is if you just really want to give to the show, keep getting all these uh, new exciting things coming out and happening, that is the level to do it. That's our maximum level. You sign up, and that will basically just be you saying, hey, you know what? Here's an extra five bucks. Go buy yourself something nice, (laughs) which would be a cone sticker that we're going to send to you. Nice. How about that, Alex? Woo, Casey. My breath is out. That was that much more breath. than I was expecting, <laughs> but that's okay. It's good. I hope you got a good question. It's a good promotion. Well, I don't so much have a question, Casey. All right. I have more of a clarification Ooh, from a listener. All right. Catherine Wagner-Rice. Hey, Catherine. Or Wagner-Rice. Or Ooh. Wagner-Rice. Okay, yeah. Hi. Hi, Catherine. I listen to your show as I walk around a community resistance pool. That's pretty cool. What is that? I believe it's like a pool that you sort of walk around in for for uh, resistance training. Oh, oh, I see. And it's okay. a community, so there's lots of people there. Gotcha. I am not sure what people think as I laugh at your hilarious banter. Oh, Aww. shucks, Catherine. I give tree tours, and I always make a clear distinction between sap, okay. which is the clear, thin, watery fluid in xylem and phloem, and resin, Mm. which is the amber-colored gooey substance produced by resin canals in the inner bark. Yes. I noticed that you did not seem to distinguish between these two in the sweet gum episode. I didn't. I just think it's important so people know to get the sweet gum to chew from the resin and syrup 
for pancakes from the sap. Um, you know, the podcast regrets this error. I did not make that distinction. Alex, do you want to know why? Well, I, I just want to wrap oh, wrap it up by saying Ka- Catherine says, am I being too pedantic? No. Absolutely not. Never stop doing this podcast. It's terrific, Catherine. Thank <laughs> thank you, Catherine. Thank you. Thank you for the clarification. I like this. Yes, I, I regret this because, A, I did not actually know that very specific distinction. I know the distinction between resin. Resin comes from resin ducts. That's a completely different thing. Uh-huh. Uh, than the sap. Um, I just have never given a thought. I never looked at it too deeply and say, wait a second. Yeah, of course. One would come from this and the other from that. It just, I never, I think my brain just never quite made that specific distinction. Yeah. To Even be on- though, yeah, when it's put in front of me, Alex, I'm sorry. I, it's like, it's so obviously clear. It's like, I think I did know that. I just didn't know that I knew that. Sure. I actually thought resin was like really condensed sap. Oh, like real, yeah. Like really evaporated sap mm. where it becomes like a, a solid. I think often if you damage a tree, both of them react where you get the you get sap that kind of comes out of a wound, but you also get resin that comes out of the wood, so they kind of can mix together. Okay. But oftentimes uh, when you get the wound sealing itself, the sap will stop flowing as soon as it can because it needs to be pushed towards other things. It's like the blood. Uh, but then, no, now blood's not a good example because blood does both in our bodies. Mm. whereas the resin is more specifically let's push out and now essentially either push out the insect that is trying to bore in Mm -hmm. or seal off the wound so no uh nothing can get in and cause an infection there so that is what basically seals off that wound and has all those properties that we talked about in this week episode that had say the um, anti-diuretic, the right. anti-inflammatory, all that kind of stuff, uh, anti-fungus, that kind of thing. Anti-diarrheal. Yes, it has everything. So this is, this is very good. Yeah, so I still don't, I, be, I guess I still don't understand the distinction. Sap is from the wood. Uh, no, sap is from the cambium It's from layer. the, oh, right, 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 okay, yes, the, the xylem is, and the phloem. Exactly, it's the, the juice that's going up and down, transporting nutrients from point A to point B, so transporting another thing else. It is cambium, or it's just the, it's just the juice that cambium pushes up to, to make, transport stuff. Correct. Okay, and then the, the resin yes. is from the bark. It is, yes, it's, if there's specific places in the bark, there's also resin ducts and canals in the wood. In the wood. In the sap wood. Those will push out a different sub or substance that's ever so slightly different. Then why is it not called resin wood? I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, they do actually. Some places call it resin wood. Like, really? Uh, um, my sister's boyfriend works at a mill, and they call it sapwood or resin wood. Uh, well, yeah, you're right because they call Alex. Oh my gosh, I see what you're saying. Now. Yeah, I thought you were just making a joke because they didn't call that one. I call it sap. Oh my no. God. The sap... It should just be resin wood. Right. The, the sap doesn't come from sap wood. That's purposefully confusing. That is purposefully... As a way of gatekeeping yeah. this knowledge. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got... Okay. So I assume. This is... I am going to go back to my uh, my arboriculture book. Next week, I'm going to address this issue. Wow. Because this is, this is a bombshell where I realize I didn't know what I thought I knew, and yeah. I perhaps should be more specific in what I'm saying. Catherine. Very good. 
Thank you, Catherine. This is such a huge. This is such a huge thing. I'm going to have to very specifically uh, go back to this. My my book is a a new tree biology by uh, Mr. Alex Shigo. Hmm. I will look into this. Uh, Casey, I want to know what you think about this. Okay. And I'm I'm talking about it in front of everybody else so that everything's above board. For a year and almost two years, we have been doing a Q and A. At the end of every episode. That's right. I mean, somebody sends us a question about trees, and we answer that question. Yes. I propose that we open up this Q&A segment, uh-huh. and we make it a sort of a fungal association segment. Oh, Alex. This was not a question that Catherine sent us. You're saying this should be a uh, a response. And a little bit of an interactive segment uh, with the people who listen to our show. I so it's not, it doesn't have to just be a question. It can be, uh, you know, something like this, like a, a clarification. I think that sounds great. Or maybe it's an idea for, maybe, you know, people send us ideas for episodes and we can talk about an episode that we, mm. somebody proposes. We can say, this person uh, replied back and said this thing, and no, we reject that and never email us again. Yeah. We can go over our sales figures for the merch store. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sounds like a great idea. Well, yeah, so if you have a question or a comment. Yes, Casey. That would be the thing. Join the Patreon at $3 a month. Send us your questions. We will respond. That's right. This sounds like a good idea. Thank you, Catherine, for your comment. Casey, clap. Alex, Crosen, we did it. I would plug the Patreon here, but you did such a fabulous job earlier. I feel no need. That seems, that seems nice. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to take it off your plate. Hey, less work for me. <laughs> I get to coast to the end of this episode. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, what do I, now I'm frozen. I don't know what to say because I usually have a spiel here. Just take your foot off the gas. <laughs> uh, yeah. Any final words, Casey? Um, I'm looking forward to the next two weeks. That's right. Uh, we have put it out there a couple of times, but Alex, this is the season of spooky things. That's right. We're going to be doing not that. You're just going to have to wait and see. It will be... I don't know if spooky is the right term. Would you consider the Pisonia a spooky tree? Yes. Okay. I, I think spooky is was one of those broad brush, all encompassing sort of like it's not scary. Yeah. But it's just spooky. Okay, yeah. This is this is gonna be there. Uh then yeah, we got we got some fun Halloween-ish things coming your way, although it's not gonna be the way you expect. That's right. It's spooktober here at completely arbitrary. That's right. And we will see you next week for the next edition of Spooktober 2022, which is now official. Be careful. <laughs> Be careful. That's so threatening. Yeah, well, everything, yeah, I mean, hey, this is a, yeah, it's not so much like, you know, ah! It's more like, uh, be careful, a ghost crab will eat you. Right. Uh, you also may get drowned in sticky seeds. Um, or maybe uh, you'll get um, impaled on a uh, sharp uh, more on that next week. Thank you so much for listening to Spooktober 2022. <sighs> we'll see you next time. A goodbye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>